0: Greetings and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. My show, the phone number 877-973-7425. If you want to be on it, we got to move on to news. There's polling. My goodness. Uh, so confession is good for the soul, I suppose, it's directly related to this. I I, I, I want to confess. I got a very nice email from a lady who is a listener in Minnesota And she said, stop apologizing about covering Georgia. It's the center of the political universe. We're all interested. I I struggle sometimes. How can I make Georgia stuff relevant? Because, I mean, for 11 years, I did evening drive time in Atlanta and then for a year did a morning show, 9 to noon, that was just in Georgia and now stretch my legs and across the nation. I don't want to bore people in Dubuque with stuff that happens in Dublin, Georgia. Not that anything ever happens in Dublin, mind you. Uh, but, <laughs> except for St. Patrick's Day, then Katie bar the door. My goodness. Nonetheless, there is news out of Georgia that is of national import for all of you will be interested to know. And, and this is a fascinating thing. Trafalgar Group, their Republican polling firm, they got hired by a local news station in Atlanta, Georgia, the Fox 5 station. And they were asked to poll Brian Purdue versus or Brian Purdue Brian Kemp versus David Purdue. Keep in mind when David Purdue secured Donald Trump's endorsement to run against Brian Kemp, he produced an internal poll making his case to run that he was at fifty two percent against Brian Kemp. In his poll, no public poll has showed that. In fact, the latest poll done by a Republican group for Fox 5 shows that Brian Kemp is at 49.1% and Purdue is at 39%. This is important because Vernon Jones is out of the race. Vernon Snuggles Jones jumped into the race. He was a Democrat, a pro abortion Democrat, who flipped a switch and overnight became a pro life Republican. It was a miracle. He found Jesus in 24 hours. He found Jesus and he loves the babies now. And we can't be killing them babies. It's just, it was a miracle. I mean, he went from being anti school choice to we got to let them babies out of school into the schools they won't. We got to protect the baby. It's just, it's a remarkable. And people fell for that. Beep. Oh, he says he's pro-life. You can understand understand how people, why the extended warranty schemes, because Vernon Jones exists as a political candidate. You can understand why people actually get the extended warranty phone calls because there are clearly enough rubes out there who fall for the, we would like to talk to you about your extended warranty. I mean, the guy was literally a pro-abortion Democrat, sexual harasser, accused of rape, and switch flip. I'm a pro-life Republican, and all the babies need school choice too. Oh, Vernon, we love you. We we always knew you were pro. I mean, who are the people who believe that crap? I don't. Know. Don't email me, people. I I I I don't care because definitionally you're nuts. Mr. Erickson, you're disrespecting your audience. Ah they're not my audience, they're nuts. I don't, I don't understand how anybody could do this. So this poll—I get distracted. I, I just—I'm sorry, folks. It really does boggle my mind that Vernon Jones could get 10 percent of the primary vote in the Republican Party, and a lot of polls showed that. And the man literally was a Democrat, had been a Democrat for life, had voted against every piece of pro-life legislation and every school choice piece of legislation while in the legislature, leaves the legislature— Begins humping Donald Trump's leg, declares himself a Republican, and suddenly reverses himself on every position he's ever held in life. And 10% of the Republican electorate, say, like, Vernon, Vernon, he's our man. You know, as an aside to the aside, I promise I'll get back to the main point here. As an aside to the aside, you read the book of Revelation and the final Antichrist. And you're like, how can so many people fall for that? Someone who's not Jesus but claims to be Jesus or has Jesus-like powers. And, and even people in the church embraced this this false God. How on earth could people be so stupid? And then you see Verdon Jones got 10% of the polls in the Republican primary. Like, Oh, that's how. Back to the main point. Trafalgar Group for Fox 5 has done a poll in Georgia between David Perdue and Brian Kemp, Vernon Jones out of the race, and Brian Kemp is now almost to 50%. If he gets to 50%, there's no runoff. The entire case that David Perdue made is that he could unite the Republican Party in Georgia that was divided. And in uniting the party beat Stacey Abrams, he has united the party behind Brian Kemp. I know there are people who support David Perdue. I just can't find them in the real world. They're like the ten percent who voted for Vernon Jones in the poll before he dropped out. I know they exist. Institutionally, fundamentally, I know they exist. A couple of them have emailed the show very angrily at me. And they're all it's all about the stolen election. Now interestingly enough, there are some data trends. The people who support Donald Trump have fallen in the Republican Party to about 60% now who want him to run again. Everybody supports him, but run again is down to 60%. And a lot of that I suspect is shallow support. That is the support of people who want pollsters to know we love the guy but privately think, please, God, don't run again because you'd only have four years when we could get another guy who potentially could have eight. I think there's some of that there. But there are races – where Trump can have an impact. In Georgia, here's my theory in Georgia. In Georgia, you've got, so in, in Georgia's elections are off your elections. So governor, lieutenant governor, secretary of state, attorney general, uh, labor commissioner, ag commissioner, um, insurance commissioner. And Trump is endorsed in a couple of these races. He's endorsed in the governor's race. He's endorsed in Lieutenant Governor's race. He's endorsed in the Senate race. He um, has not endorsed in the Secretary of State's race, I think, but it's basically a vote for someone other than Raffensperger in his mind, the current Secretary of State. I've been told that the chairman of the state party is trying to find someone to run against the popular attorney general. The the Republican Party chairman, I've I've been up in Atlanta having meetings with members of the legislature and and whatnot, and, and all of them are telling me that Their party chairman is actively working against the incumbent Republicans. Uh, Hopefully, there will be hell to pay if the incumbents get reelected. Apparently, trying to find a challenger to Chris Carr, the popular attorney, very popular attorney general in the state, who is a Republican. Here's my suspicion is what's going to happen is Brian Kemp is so popular with the base that he's doing so he's going to get – it looks like constitutional carry is going to pass. It looks like school choice could pass. The Parents' Bill of Rights and the Transgender uh, Ban in sports are going to pass. Most of his major initiatives will pass. He's gotten the election reform package passed. And most of the legislature, maybe a handful of Republicans, you would be able to count on both hands, won't support him. But almost all of them are going to rally around him the moment the session is over. And you'll have a united field. And my suspicion is the voters will be there too. And what they'll do is they'll say, you know what since I'm voting for Kemp I'll give I'll give Trump everybody else. He got it wrong. They'll think about it just like they did in in Alabama with uh, Doug Jones got elected because they're like, yeah, we really Trump we love you, but we can't go with Roy Moore. And so Doug Jones got elected. They'll do that similar situation in the primary here. Eh, we love you Trump, but you got it wrong on Purdue. We'll give you the others. We'll give you Herschel Walker. So that may hurt the other Trump candidates. But Kemp's his own man now, and that actually helps Kemp in the general as well. Because remember, in Georgia, all the polling shows about 49 to 50% of voters are more likely to vote against you if Trump supports you, and only about 20% are more likely to vote for you in the general. The dynamics in Georgia have changed, and the most of the Republican incumbents know it. But there are areas where Trump can have a real and positive impact. Missouri, being one of the Merrick Greitens, is running – for the Senate. Eric Greitens was forced out of the governor's mansion under the threat of impeachment. Josh Hawley is taking the lead in trying to stop Eric Greitens. For those of you who don't understand what's going on here and why it's so bad, a woman testified under oath that Eric Greitens, the governor of the state of Missouri, tied the woman up in a basement, stripped her naked, took photos of her to use as blackmail in their extramarital affair, and then forced her to have oral sex with him. Greitens does not deny it. He says it was consensual. And for reasons no one can fathom, Greitens has a leg of support. Some people think he got a raw deal. And there are a pile of people running. Eric Schmidt, the Attorney General, Billy Long... Uh, a congressman, uh, Vicki Hartzler, also a congresswoman. Josh Hawley has rallied around Vicky Hartzler. Now, it's notable here because Hawley is the attorney general who investigated Greitens and after his investigation was the first Republican of the state to say Greitens needs to go or be impeached. If Hawley can convince Trump to back Hartzler, who's a good candidate, by the way, If Hawley can convince Trump to back Hartzler, Trump may be able to unite everyone in Missouri like he's done in Nevada with Adam Laxalt. Trump, I am told, and media sources are reporting through the Politico and elsewhere, and I've been told this myself, that uh, Donald Trump is starting to realize that some of his advisors gave him bad advice on candidates. And in some cases, he's not able to pull it off. I mean, go back to David Perdue in Georgia. He got the Trump endorsement. He expected to have the Trump money come with it, and no one's giving him money. He's raised $1.2 million. He's got cash on hand of $870,000. Brian Kemp raised $2.5 million in the same time period and has like $12 million cash on hand. Trump, I think, is getting some bad advice. Because you got to keep in mind, some of these people are pay to play. Hey, you give me some money. I know Donald Trump. I'll go convince him to give an endorsement. And they don't care that they've got a good candidate or not. They got a check. And Donald Trump is a smart enough businessman to realize he's getting played by some of these people. And he's realized it in some cases, unfortunately, too late. It's a problem. Take Mo Brooks in Alabama. President Trump endorsed Mo Brooks, and now he's very unhappy about it. Brooks has not been able to lock in MAGA support. Brooks is actually trying to get Jeff Sessions' endorsement as well. Getting Jeff Sessions' endorsement along with Donald Trump's endorsement is going to do nothing but alienate him from uh, Donald Trump. So it's very notable that Trump has invited Katie Britt to show up at at Mar-a-Lago. Katie Britt was a staffer for Richard Shelby, the retiring senator. She wants to run. Trump's made his endorsement already, and yet he's letting her come visit. That's a pretty big signal that he thinks he probably messed up with the Mo Brooks endorsement in Alabama. And a lot of people on the ground say he's telling people there he shouldn't have endorsed Brooks. The president of the United States, Donald Trump, not Joe Biden, still has a lot of clout within the Republican Party. If he makes wise endorsements, it helps him build a case for 2024. But if all of his endorsements go down in flames, I mean, right now you've got the Charm Parnell situation in, in Pennsylvania. You've got the David Perdue situation in Georgia. You may have the Herschel Walker situation if there's enough dirt dumped on him out there. you got the Mo Brooks situation. He needs some good, solid wins, and he's gotten some bad advice. He could jump into the Missouri race with Vicky Hartzler lock her down with Josh Hawley, shut down Missouri from Eric Greitens, and save the Republican Party there. And everybody will give him a pat on the back and an attaboy for doing that. But he has, I'm afraid, been given some bad advice from people on the ground with political motivations. I mean, take, for example, Greitens hired Kimberly Guilfoyle to run his super PAC as a way to try to lock, shut Trump out of the race. It was smart on Greitens' part. But that man is not going to win a general election when the woman comes forward and explains what he did to her and that it was not consensual. Trump could come in and clean that up, and he should, and hopefully he will, and hopefully the people who have been giving him the bad advice, he will realize have been giving him bad advice, and he will shut them down as well. I sleep well at night under Bolin Branch sheets, and I need to tell you, my family, we were customers before I started endorsing them. It's what I like to do. I like to be familiar with the product and like it. And I love the bullet and Branch sheets. One of the reasons I love them is because they are super soft sheets. <laughs> got to say that word right. But they've got a little weight to them. So so you feel somewhat more subtle. Like I've got some uh, sheets I, that came with the new mattress, and they're so light it's like there's nothing on top of you, and I can't sleep well with them because they're – I mean, it's just – and then they bunch – up the the man, the satin-de-soft feel of the and Branch sheets, it makes a real big difference. Listen, you've got so many options out there right now. You can go to a department store. You have so many options, but there's no reason to because with and Branch, you get high-quality sheets. They've got a great thread count. They're perfect. They've got plenty of color options. You sleep well under them because they're soft and they're durable and they've got a little bit of weight, the perfect amount of weight for a sheet. Now, I want you to go out there and order Bolin Branch sheets because they are comfortable. You got, I mean, they're environmentally friendly. They're built around sustainability, and you got quality that lasts. You know, a lot of the companies that advertise all the environmentally friendly stuff, their sheets don't last. I can tell you, my and Branch sheets have lasted a long time, and they get softer over time. Experience the best sheets you've ever felt at BowlinBranch.com. Get 15% off your first set of sheets when you use promo code ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, at checkout. That's branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, Branch.com. The promo code ERIC, E-R-I-C-K. Welcome back. It is Eric Erickson here. Let's go to the phones. Rita, you are going to be up next. Welcome to the program. Thank you. I just want to say thank you for the show today. You have had me laughing so much over your comments about Vernon. And I have been a long-time listener, and I don't always agree with what you say, but today has been wonderful. Thank you. Thank you so much, Rita. I appreciate it. Listen to that. My call screener decided he needed to let somebody in to say something nice about me. (laughs) Gary, you're going to be up next. Welcome, Gary. How are you? All right, Eric. I love you, too. Thank you. And I've talked to you a couple of times, but I just wanted to say something about Rush, please. Sure. Take a couple of minutes. Um, When you say a small business, I am a small business of one man for 34 years. Wow. I'm a sign painter, and I used to live in West Palm Beach. I'm in Flowery Branch now. Well, of course, uh, about two weeks. Rush started August 1st, 88, and I started my business August 14th of 88. And I was going to one of my jobs, and I saw a painter, a house painter, listening to some headphones I said, wow, I think I'll get some headphones so I could entertain myself. Well, I found Rush, and I've been listening to him for 34 years, mm. two weeks after I started the business. Yep. You know, I remember I was in – I was uh, driving through rural Alabama. My dad was actually looking for Paul Harvey. We were on our father-son road trip to check out colleges in my 11th grade Paul year. Paul Harvey. And <laughs> we were looking for Paul Harvey, and we found this voice. wasn't quite Paul Harvey, and we were just captured. Um, and became listeners ever since i guess that would have been gosh 91 92 somewhere in there and uh, i mean my goodness um yeah yep it's just phenomenal Gary thank you very much for that i appreciate it um it's it's just what an icon y'all i'm i'm really hard pressed to think who the pioneers of industries Like, uh, Ray Kroc uh, wasn't really the the founder of McDonald's. He bought it, but he was certainly the kind of the the model founder for franchises. Everything came after him. Uh, Truett Cathy in the Chicken Sandwich Wars, he pioneered the chicken sandwich that's ubiquitous today. Every restaurant has one. Rush Limbaugh. He saved AM talk radio for sure. Revitalized FM talk format. And you know, he was so committed to broadcast radio, he would never put his voice on satellite. Uh, never, never wanted to. In fact, was very insistent to me uh, that I should never, ever, ever do satellite radio. Um, I, I actually would uh, if given the chance to do it. Uh, but he was very insistent. No way, no how. Um, he He loves broadcast, terrestrial, real radio. And saved AM radio, revitalized FM talk as well, and started uh, the talk radio industry. I mean, left and right. And, you know, people on the left, they can't do it. They have NPR. They rely on a government subsidy to do their radio, and it's garbage, boring radio anyway. Why can't they do it? Well, they lack a sense of humor. They just can't laugh about anything. Uh, It's just it's not funny. It's not humorous. Rush got that. Ultimately, he said he was an entertainer. You got to entertain people. You got to entertain with your voice on radio to be successful. Hello there. It's me, Eric Erickson. The phone number is 877-973-7425. If you'd like to be on the program, to the phones, I go, Jim, you're going to be up next. Welcome. Well, thank you. Well, this whole David Perdue thing has got me a bit confused. Perdue's re-election effort was basically torpedoed by Donald Trump. And now Perdue is acting like he's in Trump's corner. I voted for Trump both times, and I voted for Perdue, and now I'm scratching my head wondering... (laughs) Do, does Purdue really look like the toady? Is he really the toady that he appears to be in my eyes? And that's not a term I ever associated with uh, Purdue Me either. And, and I, you know, I don't think he is, and I like him. And, and I'm I'm befuddled by this because you know, a month before he decided to run, he was telling people to support Brian. Um, what changed in a month? Mu- <laughs> he maybe, should have. Yeah, nothing changed other than he went to Mar-a-Lago and got pressured into doing it. Uh, I mean, I I am told, and, and I'll I'll say this, I, I'm told that, I mean, for the first time ever that you've got a real division there, like Sonny Perdue is going to become the chancellor of the university system in Georgia, thanks to Brian Kemp. Uh, his family is urging people to stick with Brian. Uh, you've got Alec point who was David Perdue's campaign chairman in 2014, is with Brian Kemp. Um, Eric Tannenblatt, who's been a big fundraiser for David Perdue, is with Uh, Brian Kemp, I mean, all the major people who have been aligned with him. Uh, You know, I talked to a guy the other day who, statewide elected official, calls people a lot around the state and says he has not in, in, he calls a ton of people every day and he has gotten maybe 10, maybe he said he could take off one shoe uh, to count all the people in the last few months he's talked to who are supportive and and he talks to to dozens and dozens and dozens of people every day. It, it, it makes no sense to me. Now, I will tell you there's some breaking news that's happening here. Jim, thanks for the call. Uh, Donald Trump has just announced he's going to do a $3,000 person fundraiser at Mar-a-Lago for David Perdue. That will help him raise some money. He's having trouble raising money and getting support. He'll have a super PAC. Uh, the polling does show the more people know that Trump supports him, the better he does. But at this point, who doesn't know? Who's not paying attention to the race right now? To realize that that's part of the problem here all right to the foals we go claudia you're going to be up next welcome yes, Claudia. Sir. how are you yeah, i'm doing great eric it's an honor and a pleasure to speak with you today i am so excited to have an actual conversation with you all right <laughs> Uh, My my comment has to do with Trudeau and the trucker's convoy up in Canada. Mm -hmm. I was telling your screener that I really think that Trudeau is going to end up shooting himself in both feet because of the fact that if they go through with their threats to cancel their driver's licenses, take away their insurance coverage, tow their rigs away, throw them in jail and fine them $100,000, who is he going to have left? To run the supply chain for him, bringing the goods from all over Canada, throughout Canada, and down to the United States, he won't have any truck drivers left. Right, you're absolutely right. Uh, he, he's he's picked a fight terribly that he cannot win, and there's there's no way that he can back down. Uh, you know, and I'm glad you said this, Claudia, because there's a there's a story out there's a website uh, called Doomberg. And they, he makes a very good point about how per, how Trudeau doubled down. Let me read you part of this. For many people, dealing with the restrictions imposed on them, their children, and their businesses because of our political response to COVID-19 has made it about them. It is the heart of the freedom convoy in Canada and why we have spent so much time on Twitter commenting on the stunning events unfolding under Prime Minister Justin Trudeau's watch. At a time when the severity of the virus is waning, and many countries are finally pulling back from what history will undoubtedly judge to be ineffective, unscientific, and likely scandalous countermeasures, Trudeau doubled down, knowingly picking a fight with Canadian truckers over vaccine mandates. We won't rehash the arguments and facts here, as the details are widely known. Instead we focus on the complete collapse of Trudeau's leadership tactics, beginning with his now infamous framing of the onslaught that was headed his way. Quote, The small fringe minority of people who are on their way to Ottawa, who are holding unacceptable views that they are expressing, do not represent the views of Canadians who know that following the science and stepping up to protect each other is the best way to ensure our rights, our freedoms, our values as a country. By positioning the protesters as those who fly racist flags, as a fringe minority with unacceptable views, Trudeau committed a fatal error. He left himself no face-saving exit from the imminent and predictable collapse or crisis that would befall him. No respectable politician can strike a deal with such undesirables after libeling them in the way that he did. The only path left was to crush them. Amateur hour indeed. He really, really has done a terrible job. He really has done an awful job. Awful job. And the press, to a degree, has been complicit in helping him, as the press often has. The state-run media, my gosh, even the American media has gotten on. Remember when, when Trump was president, they kept referring to Fox News as the state-run media? These people are the state-run media. It's been embarrassing to watch. It's been embarrassing to see them do these sorts of things. They have essentially – what is the definition of fascism? The government's control or use of corporate powers to achieve the government's ends. That's fascism. A fascist government is a government that bullies and cajoles and pressures the private sector to conform to the needs of the government where the government sets the goals for the country. The prime minister of Canada – has forced the issue with the banks to take the money from the truckers and anyone who supports the truckers to punish them. He's allowed individuals who supported the truckers to be fired from their jobs. He's operating as a fascist. And you and I don't say that lightly, by the way. If, if you listen to this program, I I bemoan people calling other people evil or calling them fascist or communist when they're not. He's a fascist. He's operating as one at least. He is at heart a communist, Justin Trudeau is, possibly the son of Fidel Castro. If you've never heard that rumor, you need to dig into it. You know, he's more than once praised the Chinese and and, uh, President Xi of China as a model government. As a model country, Justin Trudeau is at heart a communist. And he only got support from a third of the public. He's prime minister because he's in a coalition government with several other parties, some of whom will probably keep bailing him out. Not necessarily a good thing that they do. It's it's a sad situation for the truckers. We should support them here, though, if we can. My gosh. You know, when I was little, I I used to, when I was little, you know, you you make the little pull your hand down thing as the 18 wheelers going by and they honk their horns at you. You stand on the side of the road. You do that. You get the 18 wheelers honkers. I will never forget one time. (laughs) We were were on an interstate somewhere and we were in rush hour traffic. And, you know, I, I don't know when it happens. But there is an age you reach, and I have reached it. I y'all, I, I don't know what 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 is the science behind this? You reach an age where you have to turn the radio down in order to see on the highway. I don't I don't get it. But you got to turn the radio down. I guess it's to—I I guess for me it's to focus. But you hit that age and suddenly turn the radio down. I'm trying to pay attention to the road. Why can't you pay attention to the road with the radio? I have no idea. But I've now reached the oh my god! I've become my parents. And we're on the road, and and I remember distinctly we're, uh, no, no, no that was different. We're—I think we're we're in we're we're I think I want to say we're in New Orleans for this. And my mom is driving. I think we've dropped my dad off somewhere. He had to go offshore to the Gulf of Mexico for his job or something because I was young. And I remember pulling down my hand as the 18-wheeler came by. Bob! I thought my mother was going to climb out of her skin and eat me alive. She was so livid. Holy cow. Oh! I still remember – do you all remember your parents when you you would take these road trips and you and your your brothers and sisters, you'd be in the back of the car and they'd start yelling at you and demanding you turn the music down or be quiet so they could pay attention to the road? (laughs) We used to – when I was a kid, we would come home from Dubai in the summer and my dad's family was spread out, South Carolina, uh, Florida, and they would always rent like a giant car. This was before really the rise of SUVs. So they'd get a big Cadillac. And my two sisters and me would have to be in the back, so We'd be miserable. And my dad's one of those people where we got to get up at four o'clock in the morning. We got to beat the traffic. And you get out and you try to get on the highway. And so it's you and the open road and the 18 wheelers. And nowadays, you know, you, they got to pull over in the middle of the night because they can only drive so many hours a day. But we get out there, and the, my gosh, my dad to this day, he wants to be on the road before the sun comes up. So you can drive east right into the sunlight, coming up and blind you. But that's okay, kids. We can turn down the radio and see again. <laughs> I've never understood that. And now I do the same thing. But the, the wheelers, the, the, the tractor trailers, these are the people who make our country great. They get the food to our grocery stores. They give the electronics to Best Buy. I got to go to Best Buy. And now what, what do we do? In California, we tell them if your truck's too old, I'm sorry, you can't drive here. I'm sorry, you've been on the road too many hours. Pull over and go to sleep on the side of the road and hope Jack the Ripper's not outside your cab. I mean, my goodness, the burdens we put on 18— Now, I realize to some degree it's safe. Now, listen, you're talking to a guy who was driving down driving down the highway one time and an 18-wheeler's tire exploded and nearly took out my windshield at 70 miles an hour. It was awful. It was scared the mess out of me. But how are the how are freaking truck drivers the enemy? All because they're standing up for their freedoms— you you and by the way you can disagree but I bet if you're someone who disagrees you were perfectly fine with the Black Lives Matters protests and you'll say Erickson you didn't support the Black Lives Matter actually if you ever listened to my radio program I supported the George Floyd protests I did not support riots vandalism shattered windows firebomb businesses I didn't support that but if you want to protest it is your right to protest. And I don't like the truckers tying up the traffic. I think the better solution would be for them, just don't drive. Don't show up for work. Stay home. Let them feel the crippling effects on the economy by your lack of presence. I mean, that's what the left does in this country. Of course, now, maybe they've seen it. Remember the, the all the women stay home for equal pay day. All the women stay home. I got on Twitter the day all the women stayed home, and I was, it was great until the women started showing up. I mean, the only good thing about the day all the women stayed home instead of going to work was it was safe to drive. (laughs) Mr. Erickson, I can't believe you you sexist misogynist. (laughs) I teased because I love. But they should have, the truckers should have stayed home and unlike the women, they would have actually done it. Just stay home and, and show your impact on the economy by your refusal to participate. I don't like them tying up traffic any more than I like the stupid environmentalists super gluing their butts to the to the highway, which they did in, in Germany, and they've done it in New York too. But I support their right to protest. How are they How are the truckers, the bad guys here? Justin Trudeau could not eat without the truckers delivering food to his grocery store and he's made them the villain, and they're not the villains either now. It's the small business owner and the middle-class worker who doesn't make a lot of money, who gave them 20 bucks to help their cause, who's who's the bad guy here. They're not the bad guys here. They are the people who control the country and hopefully will rise up and rectify the situation. Hello there. I am so far off the beaten path of everything we were going to talk about today. That's one reason I love the show. I got asked— just as a curiosity, I, I, I got asked, do, do you have like people who sit around and tell you what to talk about? Nope. For better or worse, <laughs> it's whatever I want to talk about. I, I did have a bunch of people email me yesterday. I was going to do it anyway and say, please honor Rush in, in some way today. And I absolutely, positively uh, would have done that anyway. I, I, I should devote more time to telling my stories about Rush and, and making him mad. I think I've told that story before, but it's all me. Now, the downside of today is that I'm also in studio and had a bunch of meetings this morning and have had to scramble together all the other stuff I was going to talk about. And now I've, I've taken so many calls, I've gotten it out of order, but that's okay. I am what you call a professional and I can muddle my way through this. So now we have to talk about masks. Masks. The CDC says it had no intention of changing its mask guidance and now is going to change its mask guidance. And I don't think it's a coincidence that it comes on the heels of new polling that shows the Democrats are making Democrats mad about the mask issue. And they're split in two ways. The moderate Democrats are furious they still have to wear them. And the progressives are furious that people have to take them off. I got to tell you. Now, listen. Dear friends and employers who send me my paycheck, whose hands I dare not bite. I am in your office today. And there are wear your mask signs everywhere. This may be the only place in Atlanta, Georgia, where people are still wearing masks. My wife's oncologist for lung cancer has told her she can come out of the mask now. That Omicron is over. And we can go back to church and just be reasonable, prudent, and cautious. And if you feel sick, stay home. In the bathroom at my office, there's a big sign on the door, one person at a time. In a bathroom that has a urinal and two stalls, one person at a time. What if you come in in a hurry? Because, I mean, you've been to the local taco stand. Your stomach's making that sound. You know that sound? It sounds like a, a pigeon and a raccoon fighting each other at the pit of your stomach, and suddenly the pressure builds, and you run, and you go, oh, my God, there's somebody in there. <sighs> I would rather that person violate the intent of the sign than soil the carpet because they can't get down the hall to the other bathroom, and it's a hike in this office. To go from one bathroom to the other, it's like driving from Washington to Manhattan in rush hour traffic. It's a hike. It's time to reopen. I say it lovingly to those who write my paycheck, you know I love you and your autograph that comes every two weeks on that paycheck. We can get out of the mask now. My wife's doctor says so, and he's an expert. I also was talking to another doctor uh, the other day who actually is a actual real certified expert who I have relied on. Who says, yeah, the the CDC at this point is losing credibility with everyone. And it's a bad look for them to have uh, leaked it yesterday. Rochelle Walensky's call saying she has no intention of dropping mask guidance. Dr. Fauci is doubling down on uh, no more. uh, The masks need to stay on kids. And now the White House is like, "Ah, oh, pandemic's over. We saw the polling. Everybody get your mask off. Get it off now. When can we get them off on airplanes? That's what I want to know. Texas has filed a lawsuit about masks on airplanes. It's time to get those off, too. Ed, it's 2022. Things are still crazy. Yeah, things haven't settled down. And now you got the Federal Reserve and interest rates, you got the economy, you got inflation. A lot of banks won't even return your phone call. Let's say you're a small business and you need a loan for $750,000 or higher. You see an opportunity where banks, they don't even want to see you. You want to buy a building. You want to build a building, reach out to the Frost family at First Liberty Building and Loan. They've been helping small businesses become big businesses since the 1990s. They want to help you if they can. So spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a good fit for them and they're a good fit for you.